Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Have you ever faced a dilemma in your life and had no earthly idea what to do about it? This is a verse that uh, we're all familiar with, and you probably have it memorized. It's probably one of your favorites. I know it became one of my favorites. The night I got saved, I read the book of Proverbs all the way through, and this verse jumped out to me right away. The Lord said, uh, this is one of the the golden nuggets in the scriptures, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Now, you you might have it memorized, and you say, I know this verse, I know this verse. Do you? There's a difference between having it memorized and trusting the promises and claiming the promises, trying them and proving them and living the promises. There's a difference between knowing it and trying it out. You might be facing a dilemma in your life. It might be an exciting opportunity. Something that you have that you've got a couple of choices ahead of you, and these are big choices, and they're life-changing choices. You make this decision, and it's going to change your situation, and you're not sure what to do. You're uncertain. Uh, It's not clear You really don't know what to do. Or it might be a difficult trial, trial of your faith that you're faced with. And this dilemma uh, leaves you feeling unsure. Uh, It leaves you feeling scared, anxious with this. And, And it might even leave you feeling hopeless. You're facing something that you're not sure what to do and you don't understand what's going on in your life. And I want to tell you, if you're facing something like that, The answer is right here. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. This is kind of one of those what to do when you don't know what to do messages. You heard one of those before? What we're going to do is we're going to Look at the three commands that we have here. There's three commands. One in verse 5, trust. That's a verb. Lean not, that's a negative command. Your second command there, lean not. And then a third, in all thy ways acknowledge. There's the third command, to acknowledge Him. Don't despair. You can walk through your situation confidently. And if you'll learn to claim this promise... God will carry you through this thing and turn your situation around so that you can walk through it trusting the Lord. He's he's not going to tell you everything that's going to happen. He's most likely going to tell you the next thing that He wants you to do and take you from there. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You for this verse. I thank You, Lord, for what it's meant to me. And Lord, uh, I thank You for the times in our lives where You bring us into situations, a trial of our faith, where we're forced to trust you, to, to go into a situation, and we, we can't understand it, we don't have it all figured out, we don't have the answers, and we've got to walk through it and trust you, and I thank you for the way that it grows us and grows our faith. I pray that you speak to us now through the scriptures. Holy Spirit, come down and do your office work among us. We ask that you would do this so that Christ would be exalted, so that we would uh, line our lives up with the scriptures and honor him with our lives in all things, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to notice, first of all, that first command, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. This is a wholehearted commitment 
that Solomon is calling us to. A wholehearted commitment. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. With all thine heart. He wants us to trust in the Lord, in Jehovah, with all of our heart. It would be foolish to do anything else. You've probably seen this verse, but look at Proverbs 28, verse 26. Proverbs 28, verse 26. You ever met somebody and they said, well, I don't need that gospel. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'll figure it out my own way. I'll, I'll do things my own way. That's, that's your truth. You got your truth. I got my truth. And I don't have to trust in the Lord. You know, that's, that's what you live by. Whatever helps you get through life. That's your crutch. You ever met somebody like that? I'm good. I don't need that. Look at uh, Proverbs 28, verse 26. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. He's a fool. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. You know what God says? I got some wisdom for you here in the Proverbs. Don't trust in your own heart. That's what fools do. Don't try to figure it all out on your own. Trust in me. And God will put us into a situation where we're forced to trust in him. You remember the uh, story of Joseph? You remember, uh, you probably have read through it recently if you're going through the Bible with us. Joseph, uh, he had dreams. And God told him, Joseph, there's something I want to do with your life. And gave him a couple of dreams. And he told it to his brothers and told it to his mom and his dad. And uh, his brothers were jealous of him. Jealous to the point that said, we've got to get rid of him. We've got to get him out of here. One day, Joseph is going out to see his brothers and they come up with a plan. They see him coming. He's got his fancy coat of many colors, you know, and he's daddy's favorite. And they figure out, I know what we're going to do with him. And what they do is they end up sticking Joseph in a pit. And uh, they were going to kill him, but his older brother Reuben said, no, let's not do that. We don't want blood on our hands. Let's just pretend like we killed him. Let's take his coat and get it bloody and take it back to daddy and tell daddy he's dead. A wild beast killed him. Let's hide him here in this pit. And then they saw opportunity on the horizon. They saw this Midianite uh, caravan coming, and uh, they're heading down to Egypt. And so Reuben said, let's do this. We can make some money off of this thing. Let's sell him into slavery and sell him down into Egypt. And that's what they did. Now here's Joseph. Joseph has got these visions, he's, these dreams, and he knows that God wants to do something with his life, but things aren't turning out the way that he expected that they would. Found himself down in a pit. His brothers all turned against him, and they're selling him into slavery. He ends up down in Egypt, but everywhere that Joseph goes, God blesses him because he just trusts God. He just takes the next step, sometimes forced to take the next step. He goes from the pit to the palace and is, is purchased by Potiphar, and then Potiphar's wife has her eye on Joseph, and Joseph is a man of character, and uh, he said, I'm not going to play ball with you, and... And uh, you're a married woman. I don't want anything to do with you. Well, she gets jealous and accuses him of rape. You remember? And then next thing you know, Joseph goes from the pit to the palace to the prison, finds himself in prison. But you know what he did there? He just trusted God. He just looked at the situation. What can I do here? He just got busy serving God. And everywhere that he went, he was busy serving God. And God blessed him and promoted him. And then he was running the whole thing down there in the, in the prison eventually. And uh, there's a great principle there. And then he finds himself going from the prison, going back up to the palace, and then he was second only to Pharaoh in Egypt. Look at Genesis 45, and look at what he figured out when he got to the end of the thing. 
Do you think he understood what was going to happen when he was sold into slavery? Do you think he knew, well, God's up to something good here. Something good is going to happen. No, he was just like us. He's a human being. He's wondering, what on earth is God doing? He's probably trying to figure the thing out. There's nothing he could do. He didn't understand what was happening to him. But when he got to the end of the thing, he saw what God had done. He could see the unseen hand of God because, because he trusted in the Lord Amen. with all of his heart. And he said, whatever situation I'm in, I'm just going to trust the Lord. I'm going to get busy. I'm going to put my roots down and do something for God. I'm not going to sit around and mope about it. But I'm going to see what God is doing here. He trusted in God and he said, I know God's up to something. I just don't know what. But Proverbs, or Genesis chapter 45 and verse 1 then Joseph, now he's getting ready to reveal himself to his brethren. They don't know who he is. He's dressed up like an Egyptian. Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud. All of a sudden he realized what God has done. He wept aloud. And the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And they, you know, you can imagine their shock. And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now, did they mean it for good or for bad? They meant it for bad. Is what happened to him good or bad? Well, from our perspective, it was bad. They meant it for bad. Now, I wonder whose spirit was influencing them when they made the decision to, maybe we'll kill him. Nah, let's sell him into slavery. I wonder whose spirit that was. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. It wasn't the Lord. But you know what? Back of all of that, God said, I'm going to use this. So what they meant for evil, God intended for good. And so Joseph said unto his brethren, come near. They came near. And he said, you did this, you sold me into slavery. But he didn't get bitter with them. Verse 5, now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither. He's trying to minister to them, trying to help them, trying to come alongside them and encourage them. And say, look what God did. For God did send me before you to preserve life. Amen. That's what God's doing in your life. He's doing something in your life and ultimately to preserve life. Ultimately to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land and yet there are five years in which there shall be neither earing nor harvest. God sent me before you. You see, he keeps going back to his faith, his trust in God. God sent me before you. to pre You didn't do this. Nobody did this to me. God's in control of my life. I trust in the Lord. And he sent me before you to save your lives by a great deliverance. And so it was not you that sent me hither, but God. You're not a victim. It's not what people are doing to you. It may be what God is allowing you to go through, but God has something that He's going to do through it. And what He's asking you to do is to trust Him. And then one day when you get to the end of the thing, you're going to be able to see this was God who brought me along. He was faithful all the way. 
And, and God is doing something to preserve life. You know what God is doing in this age? Well, he, he sent Israel down there. He sent Joseph and his brethren, who would become the nation of Israel, he sent them down there into Egypt to preserve them from the famine so that they make it through there because God is going to bring them back up out of there over 400 years later. And from, from that situation is going to come the nation of Israel. And from the nation of Israel is going to become to the, the Messiah. And his name was Jesus of Nazareth. God brought forth the Savior into the world. And at that point... God did it through what happened in Joseph's life. You see, there's no, there's no way you could possibly understand everything that God is doing as you're going through it. And neither can I. But what you can do, and what we are responsible to do, is to trust in the Lord. And by the way, if you've never trusted in the Lord for salvation, you need to do that today. That, that Messiah that came forth, he got up on an old cross and died for my sins and for your sins. And he hung there and bled and hung there in shame. And for three hours, there was darkness upon the face of the earth. And at that moment, he became sin for us, the Bible says. He bore our sins on the tree and he, he bore the penalty for our sins. And we, we, when we get saved, we get saved by faith. We, you know, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. You are born again by receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior into your heart by faith. And then you become a son of God. Then you are born again. Not when you get in the water, when you believe. We start this whole thing by faith. And you know how we continue? Paul tells us by faith. It's the whole journey. So we need to learn how to do it. You say, how do we do it? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Just like Joseph. He's a great picture of it. And don't, don't trust in your own heart. A fool does that. And you might not understand everything that's happening to you right now. But your trust is in the Lord. And knowing who He is. He's a good God. Knowing that He saved you. He's got a plan for your life. If you're saved... You are called, and we are saved to do good works. We're saved unto good works. Works are not meritorious. They're not the root of our salvation. They're the fruit of our salvation. And you are created in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works that God hath before ordained. You say, when did God ordain it? Before the foundation of the world. Isn't that exciting? To think about it, before the foundation of the world, God said, here's John. John's got problems. John makes all the wrong decisions whenever he leans on his own understanding. But I'm going to get a hold of this kid, and I'm going to do something with his life. And when he gets done messing around, I'm going to pick him up and clean him up and say, i got something for you to do. And then I found out, you know what? There's all these steps ahead of me, all these good works that God has before ordained that I should do. Many of them are in the scriptures, but not all of them. And it's exciting just to find out what it is. Amen. If you look at it that way, you might have an exciting opportunity ahead of you. Or you might have a difficult trial of faith. We need them both. Amen. We need them both. So trust in the Lord, even when you don't understand. That leads me to my second point. You have the wonderful or the wholehearted commitment. Now the wise caution. I got a little fancy with my outline, okay? Wise caution, but it is true to the, to the scriptures. And lean not. He's cautioning you. And this is some wisdom here. Lean not 
unto thine own understanding. This is a, it's an illustration. Lean. What he's saying is leaning is like figurative for trusting in God. But he says don't trust in yourself. Don't lean on yourself. And you know in the Bible there's a great illustration of leaning on the wrong thing. If you'll come with me to Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah 30. Uh, it's right after the poetic books. You have Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes. Or excuse me, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. Then Isaiah. So just go to the right. Go to the right till you hit Isaiah chapter 30. And stop there at Isaiah chapter 30 verse 1. The, the Bible is filled with all kinds of great illustrations. Wise caution. Lean not unto thine own understanding. Don't do that because guess what? God understands a whole lot more than we do. Amen? Amen. He can see a whole lot further than we can see. So we've got to lean on Him. So Isaiah chapter 30 verse 1 says, Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me. Why is it when we get in trouble, we talk to everybody but the Lord? Amen? Why is that? He said, don't do that. Don't take counsel of everybody except me. And that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. Then look at chapter 36 and verse 6. Chapter 36 and verse 6. And uh, back in 30, he was talking about Egypt, how they were trusting in Egypt and asking counsel from them. But now in 36, verse 6, Lo, thou trusteth in the staff of this broken reed on Egypt. Now hold on, there's a lot right there in those words. Whereon if a man lean, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all that trust in him. You know what he's saying? Down at the Nile River, you could go down to the banks of the Nile River. And they don't have these on the Ohio uh, banks, but on the Nile River, down on the banks, they have reeds that grew there and, and along the, the uh, Nile Delta. The, the reeds, what they would do, these tall, you know, imagine like bamboo, something like that. These tall reeds, they would cut them down, dry them out, and they made a real good walking stick. You find out as you get older, you find yourself leaning a little bit heavier, a little bit lean a little bit harder on your walking stick, right? Right? Amen. Brother Clifford's got one. Well, they'd make walking sticks out of these reeds. And he said, but the thing is, is that these reeds, when they get dried out, they get brittle. And when they break, they shatter and they're like spears. And so he says, if you lean on that reed of Pharaoh in Egypt, what's Egypt a type of? The world. What's Pharaoh a type of? The devil. So all he wants to do, all the devil wants to get you to do is don't trust in the Lord. Trust in anything else. Trust in anyone else. Trust in yourself. You know, self-reliance. Man is the measure of all things. He said, if you, if you lean on that, that reed of Egypt, it'll break on you and it'll go up into your hand. And it'll pierce your hand. And he's saying, don't lean on this world and this world's understanding. Lean on the Lord. You know, we sit down... When we are faced with situations, we sit down, we try to figure out things. We try this or we try that. We, we make up a list and we got our pros and we got our cons on there. And we plot and plan and sometimes even try to manipulate the situation. 
And God's just probably sitting back there, just, I haven't learned yet. Haven't learned yet. You don't lean on your own understanding. You know, if you try to figure the thing out and try to fix it and try to plot and plan, you might end up like Moses. You know what happened to Moses? Moses said, I know God wants me to set his people free. So I'm going to go down there. I'm a one-man army. <laughs> I'm going to go down there. And he sees this Egyptian uh, taskmaster beating up a Hebrew slave. And he takes that man and, and just beats him bloody and kills him. Moses must have been a tough dude. And just beat him, to just buried him in the sand. And then somebody found out about it and he, he said, the word is out. He lost his witness, lost his testimony, and then he ran for the backside of the desert. He spent 40 years of his life. He was 40 years old when he did that. He spent 40 years of his life. He was 80 years old when God could finally use him. But you know what? Those 40 years on the backside of the desert that only time will tell whether or not that was unnecessary or not. But you know what God was doing with those years? Preparing him to lead people through the wilderness. He was going to lead people through the wilderness, over a million, you know, probably three million people through the wilderness. And he has 40 years of experience on how to do it because God taught him that. So if you find yourself kind of uh, taking a detour in your life and you, you say, I'm just losing hope. I think God's all done with me. There's nothing that can happen. I don't see how this could work out. Just know that God uses those detours, even uses our bad decisions and our mistakes and uses all of that for His plan and His purpose. You know, uh, I'm going to finish up with an illustration of that. And just mine is a small thing, but that's, that's the big illustration right there. It's a wise caution. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't do it. Because you know what happens? You just end up with more questions than you got answers. And uh, it hurts. It hurts to lean on that broken reed. Thirdly and lastly, you have a wholehearted commitment, wise caution, and then wonderful confidence. Wonderful confidence. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. This is a promise. What does it say? And he what? He might direct your paths? He shall. He will. It's a certainty. It is a promise. What you have here is a bona fide promise in the Scriptures. I read a, an old illustration in one of those illustration books, you know, the, like 1,500 illustrations for public speaking. And I like it so much. I know it's an old one, but I like it. And the, 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 a child had found his mother's Bible. I believe it was a mother. But anyways, I know it was a woman's Bible. But uh, one of her children found her Bible and looked in it and saw T and P and T and P all over the place in the margins and wondered what did TP mean? And found out that TP meant when she would find a promise in the Scriptures, she would put down a T saying she was going to try it. You know what I'm asking you to do today? You know what the Lord is asking you to do? Try this promise out. Amen. Try it out. And then she would put a P for proven. And uh, whenever she proved a promise, now you've got to walk through life with it. You've got to give God a chance to prove His promises to you. But once she tried it and she proved it, she'd put that P there. I wonder if you can't put some T's and some P's in the margins of your Bible. Amen. Say, Lord, I'm going to try this out. 
And you say, what, do you, what, what, would, what good would that do? Put a little T down there and pray to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm going to try this out. The Lord would say, hey, look, there's one that wants to trust me Amen. and wants to try this promise out. It's a promise to claim, it's a, and it'll give you a confidence. Confidence. Bring God into every aspect of your situation. In all thy ways. All thy ways. You know, the Bible says there's a way which seemeth right unto a man. The end thereof are the ways of death. It says that in Proverbs 2. In all your ways, just in every aspect of the situation. You might have looked at it and, and wrote, wrote out all the pros, you know, or all the cons. Well, in every one of those aspects, say, Lord, I'm going to bring you into this situation. Uh, I don't understand everything that's going to happen, but you're omnipotent and you're omniscient and, and you know everything. You are all-knowing and you are all-powerful. And I don't understand everything, but I know you do. You bring God into the situation and you, and you acknowledge Him in all thy ways. Acknowledge Him. Whatever it is, just go one at a time through each one of the situations and pray and give it to God and acknowledge Him. You say, well, what, what does it mean to acknowledge the Lord? I'm going to read to you from Isaiah 33, 13. You can go there if you want, but I'll read it to you. Isaiah 33, verse 13. This is what it means to acknowledge the Lord. You get it by comparing Scripture to Scripture. Isaiah 33, verse 13. And uh, you bring God into every aspect, one at a time, and deal with it. And say, God, this person meant this for evil, but I know what kind of God you are. When that happens in my life, you'll turn it around, and you'll use it for good, for somebody's deliverance. Mine and somebody else's, probably. Isaiah 33, verse 13. Hear ye that are afar off what I have done, and ye that are near, acknowledge my might. Acknowledge my might. You've you got to know some things about God. If you feel weak, say, God, I'm going to acknowledge your might in this situation. You be strong in my weakness. And you can just go on and on and on. God also instructs us. He tells us in Proverbs, get instruction. God, I don't know what to do. Or, God, I'm, I'm foolish. You know, if you feel like me, I read my Bible and I'm like, Lord, I'm the fool of Proverbs. I'm not the wise man. Well, Lord, I need, I need wisdom. You're the God that gives wisdom. Lord, uh, uh, there's a situation here. Maybe I needed to hear that warning, that wise caution. You're the God, that, you're the God of the providential hand. You're in control of my life. Um, you're the God who is present with me everywhere. Everywhere I go, you're always present. I'm never alone. They might have left me alone. I might feel alone in this. I might have to step out in this exciting situation, but I've got to step out alone. Well, I'm never alone because you're always present with me. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, He says. And when you do that, God likes that. He smiles on that. He said, there's somebody who's bringing me into every situation in their life and actually trusting me with all the little things from day to day and with everything that they're going through. God, I feel like I'm vulnerable. I feel like I'm in danger. Well, he's the God that protects. He's your shield. He's your tower. All these things, just one at a time, bring it before the Lord. And you know what will happen? There's another verse. We, we can't read it, but it tells us that uh, the wise, they will pour out their hearts to the Lord. In all thy ways, acknowledge Him. Just pour out your heart to the Lord. You say, what good does that do? Try it. Try it, and you'll find out. I remember there was a couple weeks ago when Beth and I left each other in the morning. 
I was bent out of shape. And the next time she saw me, she said, you look like you're feeling better. You know what happened in the interim? I got alone with God and spent some much needed time just me and the Lord. Maybe that's what you need to do. Just go spend some time with the Lord. And don't come out till he blesses you because he's the God that blesses. All, All your ways acknowledge him. You don't feel loved. Well, he's the God of love. He loves you with an everlasting love. And he's the God who loves to save. And that's not just salvation for the soul, but loves to save you out of situations that you need to be saved out of. But guess what? You've got to acknowledge him. You've got to acknowledge that God has a way of doing things. His way is the best way. So don't try to do it your own way. Start reading the scriptures. If you're not reading the Bible every day and praying every day, you're not serious about this. You've got to get in the Bible every day, read a portion of it. I'm not going to tell you how much. Read till you feel like you've got something for your soul. And then pray and say, God, show me the answer. Direct my ways. And guess what? He'll do it. He does it through his word, among other things. He'll do it. He'll do it. It's a promise. So when you're facing those things, make sure that you search the scriptures and say, Lord, give me an answer from scripture. Show me what to do. And oftentimes he'll do that. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall, not might, shall direct thy paths. Now you say, listen, you say, does this depend on if I can be holy enough? Or if I can, you know, uh, if I can perform at a certain level? What do I got to do to get God to work in my life? Do I have to be perfect? Because I feel like a failure. No, you don't have to do any of that. You can be like Moses and be a failure and get ahead of God. And then God still use you. This is what you got to do. Trust. Trust in the Lord. Don't lean on the broken staff of Egypt. Lean hard on God. Lean hard on Him. Trust in Him. And He says, I will. That's what pleases Him. That's what God wants from us. Faith. Live by faith. Walk by faith. Listen, God can replace your uncertainty with a confidence. Confidence. He can replace your uncertainty with confidence. He can replace it with clarity when you feel all mixed up and you feel overwhelmed. You ever feel overwhelmed and you can't even think straight? I get that way sometimes. God can give you clarity all of a sudden. You ever feel hopeless? You're despairing? Don't despair. God can stir up your hope and give you hope again. He can in impossible situations. You know what you got to do? You got to just, just um, wherever you find yourself, you know, Joseph found himself in a pit, then a prison. Wherever he found himself, he put down roots and he got busy for God. And he kept that relationship going and his belief and trust in God. He knew God had something for me to do. You know God has something for you to do. Ephesians 2.10. None of us are exceptions to that. None of us are special children. God doesn't play favorites like a sinful man would play favorites with Joseph. Okay? You know you got something to do. What you do is just wherever you are, put down roots. Plant yourself there. And don't go anywhere until God moves you. Right? And then... God will just give you a little bit of information. Okay, so, and sometimes it doesn't make sense to us. Like, we can't lean on our own understanding with God. You can't do that. 
So God told uh, Philip, the evangelist, he's up in Samaria, great revival, all kinds of people getting saved, top people, officials getting saved and stuff like that. And then God says, I want you to leave this revival right in the heat of it. I want you to leave it and I want you to go down to, where do you have him go down to, Joppa or somebody? I can't remember the city he had him go down to. But I want, he said, I want you to go down to this little city. It might have been Cana, I don't remember. Go down to this little city and... Uh, when you get there, i got something for you to do. He didn't tell him everything that was going to happen. He didn't say, I want you to go there. There's going to be this Egyptian. He's going to be reading Isaiah. He's seeking after me. He doesn't have the answer. He didn't tell him all that. He said, just go and do it. Lord, why would you want me to leave this? Just go and do it. And then when he went there, he said, okay, go get up on that chariot. You see, God is just going to say, this is the next thing I want you to do. Will you trust me? Okay. All right. I'm here, Lord. I'm here. God says, this is the next thing I want you to do. Will you trust me? Okay, Lord, I'm here. Now what do you want me to do? And that's what he does with us. That's what he's done in my life. And you could say, look back at your life and say, I can see how God has brought me along each and every way and, and brought me to where I am and used me. And you might not always understand it. And you know, uh, that was what happened when the Lord brought Beth and I uh, and Lucas down here. And what had happened was I was going to go to that little Baptist church in uh, uh, north of Zanesville, and uh, the name escapes me, but Joe Offenberger is the pastor. And I was going to go there on a Sunday morning at Sunday school, and go in the Sunday school hour and say, hey, we're on the road, and we're singing and preaching. It's a music and message ministry, and just wanted to uh, let you know we're available if we can be a blessing to your church, that kind of thing. But I was circling the church, and I'm weird if you haven't figured that out, and I'm an introvert, and so sometimes I don't like to be around people. I know, strange for a pastor. Uh, So I just, I I can't do it. It's just one of those mornings, I just can't work it up, can't do it. I'm going to go in there, and they're going to think I'm weird. (laughs) So I went home to my own church and went to their church service. You know what was going on? There was a spiritual battle there. Somebody didn't want me to go in that church building. And guess what? If Joe Offenberger would have met me that morning, that morning, he would have said, you know, that's interesting. I was going to call you because there's this little church in Racine that's looking for a pastor. Do you know what? I, I missed that. But still, when I got home, God said, you didn't do what you should have done there, but God had him call me. And he called me and told me about it anyways. And I ended up here. You know how I ended up here? I just did the next thing I was supposed to do. And I put down roots until it was time to go. And then I went to the next thing and to the next thing, and now I'm here. And glad to be here. And, uh, you know, Brother Lewis Braden came here on Sunday night, and he said it was really refreshing to be at this church. He enjoyed the fellowship, and it really encouraged his family with, uh, with all their children. So I want to encourage you just to trust in the Lord. Let's, let's bow our heads together for a word of prayer. And uh, we're going to have Brother Adam come ahead and lead us in singing a song, and we're going to pray for Sister Boo, but just take a moment, just if, if the Lord hits you with that, if, if the Lord rang your bell like He did mine, just take a minute just to talk it over with the Lord. You might say, Lord, I, I haven't been trusting you like I should, or Lord, I'm trusting you, whatever it is. Say, Lord, maybe I've been trying to figure out things myself and, and uh, 
I'd rather, rather than have all my own answers to everything, I'd rather have your promise that you'll direct my, pra- my path. That's better. I'd rather have you directing my path than me trying to figure out the answers to all these things. Lord, help me to trust you. Help me just to stay where I am in life, in whatever situation it is, and just to put down roots and to produce fruit for you. Lord, replace my uncertainty and I'm unsure about things. Replace it with confidence. I don't have it in myself. I can't work it up. Would you do that for me? Would you take away my despair and stir up the hope again in my heart to be excited about what you're going to do next? And to just trust you, Lord. And Lord, we thank you for this time of invitation. We thank you for this message. Lord, we live in a life of sin and sorrow and things are going to happen. It's going to break our hearts. And I'm thankful that I can pray to a Savior, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And He understands everything that I'm going through. Thankful, Lord, that You've had, uh, before the foundation of the world, You've ordained these works that we should walk in them. Pray, Lord, that You'd help us to find those things and to be in the center of Your will. Help us to trust in You. You deserve it. You're trustworthy. Lord, we thank you for it. Give us the confidence that we need to walk with you throughout this.